This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. The, the, the winds of change are blowing through Raider Nation, and Silver and Black Today keeps you up to date with the latest news and views about your Las Vegas Raiders. Touchdown, Las Vegas! With insights, opinions, and interviews, we're on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Now, now with the latest on your Raiders and the NFL, your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moten. Welcome back. It is time for Silver and Black Today, the Tuesday edition how are you, Raider Nation? We almost did a well check on you after Sunday night's game, if you want to call it that. Either way, we're here to talk about it. Scott Branson, Mo Moten. We are an Odyssey original podcast. If you don't already subscribe to the podcast, do us a favor. Wherever you get your audio, just look for Silver and Black today. Do us a favor. Turn on the auto download and you can join us every time we have a new show. Yes. Also, if you're watching us on YouTube, thanks for the subscription and hitting the notifications bell. Okay, Mo, haven't had a chance to talk to you since the debacle late Sunday night. Uh, the Raiders, it's hard to put any kind of words around this one that are positive. Um, and I want to start just with your overall reaction before we go into some specifics around the offense, the defense, certain players, all of that. Give me your reaction to what you saw uh, I mean, I saw Josh McDaniels talk about it being un- unacceptable. The media uh, core in general couldn't believe necessarily what they saw. This team just came out, had no energy, had no real buzz around it. Uh, but give me your thoughts. I'm kind of like Devontae Adams, man. I, I don't have time to sit here and wait for the Raiders to figure it out for all the season. For, it, for, for Josh McDaniels to get up there and basically, yeah, this is unacceptable, but We've heard this last year. This is the same yes. song and dance as last year. I don't to say it's unacceptable to me is is an underwhelming statement because now we're in year two of an offense that I repeat this is fifth in cap dollars spent on on that offensive side of the ball on that on their offensive unit. That's offensive line, skilled players, quarterback. You're Josh McDaniels. You have the quarterback that you wanted. You have a lot of the, you flipped the the roster basically. You can't blame the Gruden Mayock guys anymore for this, right? So you got the guys that you want. You got the quarterback that you want. You've had two full off seasons. For you to come out flat like that in your home opener, I don't care how many Steelers fans were there, is beyond unacceptable. I don't know what the word is for it, but for him to get up there and say that, Raider fans hear that and, and they're like, oh, it's gonna this is going to look like exactly like last year because he sounds just exactly like he did last year. Yeah, and I I don't know, for example, to your point about sounding like last year, absolutely. And yeah, what <laughs> you have a coach who's trying to obviously put out a front and a a unified front for the for the team. Now, we talked about this, Mo, that we thought overall Josh McDaniels had this year to kind of figure it out. Unless unless he lost the locker room. Now, we're 3 games in and I'm not trying to be hyperbolic here, but the Devontae Adam comments, you start to see that kind of stuff this early in the season. 
that does not bode well for keeping that locker room in line and keeping people happy and wanting to be part of Raider Nation moving forward. I think we have to go back to the comments he made with Miss Marin Fader. Remember, mm-hmm. he, he said that he doesn't see eye to eye with the direction of of the team. And for as of right now, he's his criticisms have been mm-hmm. correct or at least on the right track. He, he, Devontae Adams seems to know what he's talking about because the offense hasn't started out the way it should. So Devontae Adams comments, we go back to that. And I'm not saying he's demanding a trade. I want to make that clear. I'm not saying he's demanding a trade right now. Right. What I'm saying is that his concerns about the offense should be well taken based on what the Raiders have done through the first weeks. They haven't even cracked 20 points in any of the games. 17 against the Broncos, 10 against the Bills, 18 last night, right? So they haven't even cracked 20 points in the first weeks. That That is inexcusable, beyond unacceptable. That's inexcusable for as much as they're spending on their offense. And and as I said, I'm not saying Devontae Adams is going to demand a trade right now, but now those trade rumors are going to swirl back around oh, yeah. because the, that that soundbite is going to make its rounds through social media, through news out media outlets, and people are going to look at this as if the Raiders, you know, are terrible by the trade deadline, you gotta at least pick up the phone and call the Raiders about Devontae Adams, and Dave Ziggler, you would imagine would at least listen if he feels like his team is not going anywhere right now. Right. And you you look at this, too. And the one point I want to make, too, is the fact that, look, losing is losing. OK, but with the way in which you lose and the circumstances around it do matter. So, for example, this game, I, I didn't see I, I don't I never call unless it's a game to get into the playoffs and you're at the end of the season. I never say must win. OK, but this was a game when we talked to Jarrett Bailey on the show last week, he said the matchup is terrible for Pittsburgh here. Pittsburgh is struggling on offense, all that stuff. Now, as as good as their defense can be at times, and we saw T.J. Watt just destroy Jermaine Illuminor. Look, Jermaine Illuminor has good moments, don't get me wrong, but Colton Miller had a bad night. Illuminor had a bad night. They couldn't get the push in the run again. So the way in which they're losing, you have to start to think, okay, why are you not prepared? What is different with the offensive line Versus last year, that's what Murph and I were talking about on the on the postgame show on Sunday. It's like, what's different here? What is going on? Because this is the same team up front offensively that they had last year. But yet it's performing it, so poorly. Here's the thing. People say, well, Greg Van Roten is the new right guard. Trust me, you're not changing the, the, the complexion of the offensive line with one new starter in Greg Van Roten. I mean, Alex Bars, we talked about it. He wasn't good either. So it mm-hmm. wasn't like the Raiders had an all-pro right guard there and replaced it with Greg Van Roten, and that's the difference in your offensive line. What I will say is, to me, if you look at this game, oh, Sunday night's game, I think the one thing we expected Jimmy G to be was efficient, right? We said mm-hmm. he's going to take care of the football. He's going to make all the right decisions. Well, it was the complete opposite Sunday night. Three turnovers. I know one was late, but his first two interceptions on the ensuing drive, the Steelers scored off those turnovers. So the Steelers scored 10 points off of Jimmy Garoppolo's turnovers. So the one thing that we thought Jimmy Garoppolo would be is careful with the football. The first interception, it seems like the minute he felt pressure around him, threw it, and it wasn't even close to Michael Mayer. The second interception, he, he threw it off his back foot, sailed it. I don't know what he was doing there. Mm-hmm. Our friend Jose Sanchez of Sports Illustrated said, talked about the Jimmy Gimmies in the offseason, right? Yes, yes. Well, there were two Jimmy Gimmies in that game. I, again, I don't even count the last interception. 
there's kind of desperation. But the first two, definitely Jimmy Gimme's. Yeah, and and again, does not look comfortable uh, even on throws. There, there were a couple nice throws that that Garoppolo had, and when we come back from the break, I want to talk more about the offense. But I think overall, <clears throat> the concern I have here is more around culture. We felt coming into the season, again, it's hard to know because if you're not in there every day, but based on what others who cover the team daily talk about and what we saw the team say, we thought, well, geez, maybe this culture is taking hold. And it seemed like that, but then you get on the field of play and there's disconnect all over the place. We haven't even touched on the defense, which we'll get to as well uh, in a minute, but I the, the question I have, of course, everybody on Monday morning, let's fire Josh McDaniels. Fire Josh McDaniels. Now, again, if that locker room starts to spiral out of control, they have to go to L.A. to play the Chargers next week, this coming week, I should say. If if they lose that one and look like they did tonight, uh, excuse me, on Sunday night, then then I, I don't know, Mo, it, it, how far is Mark Davis who, by the way, owns all of this because Mark Davis and the dysfunction with this team going back to when his father passed in 2011 is on him. It has to be. So at what point is it not working? And at what point do you say, hmm, no progress is happening. Hey, Dave Ziegler, we need to have a talk about your buddy. I think it depends on how the Raiders lose. If they get smashed by the Chargers, if it's like 35 to 3. <laughs> <laughs> you you gotta you gotta have a conversation. I believe it was last year, right? Wasn't there a conversation? They they a made couple. a big deal out of of Mark Davis was paying attention to the Las Vegas Aces, and he turned his attention back to the Raiders and realized the Raiders had a dumpster fire potentially brewing on their hands last year, the beginning. Now I think the discussion has to get ramped up because now as I said, as I said this is now year two. Right. You're not in year one where it's like, all right, we get it. Year one, everything is new. People are filling out the system. No, now you have you've had two full off seasons. You flipped the roster, as I said at the beginning of the show. You have your quarterback. You had a de- you had an offensive line that was decent last year. wasn't great, wasn't phenomenal, but it was decent last year. And it completely crumbled against. I- I'll give the Steelers credit for this. It's a good defense, but to me, that we'll get into this later in the show. To me, there were decisions made. That you can second guess now. It's easy to play Monday morning quarterback, of course, but I think there were some clear decisions made that showed that Josh McDaniels did not trust the offense that he built. Correct. Yeah, including uh, the field goal at the end of the game, right? I mean, which has become a, a big conversation for folks. There's questions there. You're down by eight. You go for the three instead of uh, instead of going for offensive. Now, again, that's not showing a lot of confidence in your offense. Then why did you go get the quarterback? We're going to talk about the offense when we come back here on Silver and Black today, the Tuesday edition. Hope you guys are all all right licking your wounds there as Raider Nation. People are angry and, uh, you know, yeah, they should be. Uh, It was not a good performance. All right, we're going to step aside when we come back. We roll on Mo and Scott here on Silver and Black today. Don't go anywhere. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back. Silver and Black today, the Tuesday edition of our Odyssey original podcast talking Raiders football. Welcome back. Uh, Mo Moten, he is my partner here. He is also the senior NFL writer over at Bleacher Report. You can also catch his Raiders work, which should be blistering this week on sportsnot.com. Oh, boy. You can also catch me up on sportsnot.com, where I'm an editor and writer as well. Uh, And do us a favor. Make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you get it. Uh, Incredible. Watching this offense, Mo, we want to jump right back into the offense. We'll get to Jimmy Garoppolo. But remember last year, as you said in the first segment, this offensive line was not something uh, that you're going to put on Mount Rushmore of offensive lines, but they were they were good. They got better as the year went along. They were underrated, I think, in many cases. And by the way, they helped Josh Jacobs run for 1,650 yards and win the rushing title. Josh Jacobs on Sunday, better, not negative yards. He got 62 yards, still not the Josh Jacobs. He had a couple nice runs where you thought, oh, he's back. Um so there's a little bit that might be on Josh Jacobs. I mean, if you saw the pregame interview with him, he was talking about getting back into game shape. Okay, that's a little bit of it. But the offensive line, you're not seeing the push, and you're seeing in all three games, and this is my biggest concern, Mr. Moten, is the fact that this offensive line is getting bullied. They're getting pushed around. You saw against the Steelers, and you're going, well, they faced a good defense in the Steelers. Yes, they did, but there are good defenses all over the NFL, and you're going to face them. You have to perform against them. Colton Miller, penalties. You had, of course, Jermaine Illuminor got beat. T.J. Watt, yes, he's one of the best in the league. But, man, they just have regressed so much. And when you're getting beat up on the offensive line, and we'll talk again, we'll talk about Garoppolo in a second, but when you're getting beat up, it's hard to do much of anything. It is hard to do much of anything when you're getting hit. Jimmy Garoppolo had li- he limped off the field before halftime. If you remember, he got yeah. twisted like a pretzel once. I-, I will say that the offensive line had a had a bad day. That is true, and you're and they were facing a pretty good defense. They were facing a pretty good defense in the Buffalo Bills uh, last week. But I I know we're going to talk about this in, in a minute. But I put a lot of the blame on Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, I'll explain why when we get into it. Well, no, let's get let's go ahead. Go ahead, jump right into it. I'm Jimmy Garoppolo. One of the interceptions, and I played this on my Bleacher Report live. He had plenty of time to throw the ball. The second interception, when he throws off of his back foot, there's no pressure around him. That wasn't a result of the offensive line breaking down and T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith getting after him. He had plenty of room in the pocket. It was a clean pocket, and he just threw it off his back foot, threw it off for grabs, and Patrick Peterson picks it off. That, that, as I said, is a Jimmy gimme. On the other interception, there was some pressure, but then that means you you throw it away or you give it or you throw it somewhere else other than off target to Michael Mayer. Michael Mayer had no shot to get that ball. No shot. There was no shot. There was no shot. Whether he had separation or not, where the ball was placed, he was not getting to that ball. So I don't blame the offensive line for that one. It's, it's Jimmy G. 
this this is a Jimmy. Yesterday was a Jimmy G problem. <laughs> you cannot win football games when you turn it over three times and the other team does not turn the ball over. The Raiders have yet to force the turnover. Again. Right? Yes. Marcus Peters could have had Mar- Marcus Peters could have had a pick six, didn't hold on to it. Fine. Right? But you can't turn the ball over three times and expect to beat any team. People say, well, the Raiders' defense was the magic elixir for Kenny Pickett. And I would say the Steelers' offense was still okay. Mm-hmm. Did Najee Harris great. break out and have a, have a big game? Did none of their receivers had 100 yards? It's a game that the Raiders still could have won had they took care of the ball. And to me, that's on Jimmy G. That's on Josh McDaniels' guy. The yeah. guy that he brought in to be efficient. Right. As I said before, 10 points off of two of Jimmy G's turnovers. And, yeah. and just inexcusable decision making from the pocket, from a from a clean pocket on the second pick, like that's a Jimmy G problem. It I is. put that squarely on his shoulders. And and not only that, but of course, uh, and I saw you interacting with some folks over the weekend around. Uh, oh, here comes the Derek Carr stuff. Ah, you got rid of Derek Carr. He would have won. Doesn't matter. Your quarterback's your quarterback. He 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 performed extremely poorly against this Pittsburgh team uh, on Sunday night. And so now you have to deal with what you have. And and the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo uh, was performing so poorly, of course, he got hurt, like you said. Uh, and then I saw after the game something about concussion protocol. I'm like, where? Yeah. When? Because he played the rest of the game. I don't understand what's going on there. Uh, and I'm not saying anybody's making excuses per se. It just seemed odd that suddenly he's got a concussion, but he just played the game. Right. So I, I don't know what's going on. Um, and of course, Brian Hoyer was warming up and we were doing our, our, our live stream with Corey and he's like, Brian Hoyer. What? So anyway, so I, I think we talked about it last or on Sunday night at what point, I mean, uh, what week mode do you get to? We talked about in the first segment about Josh McDaniel's future as the coach, but now you start looking at the court, you got a lot of money in the Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't think they're anywhere near saying, okay, well, we're, we're going away from Jimmy Garoppolo because you're paying a lot of money. And guess what happens? It doesn't matter unless he is so brutally awful and he was bad on Sunday night. It's going to go like this for a while. So I, I just want Raider Nation to be prepared because Jimmy Garoppolo is not, unless he's hurt, is, is is going to be the starting quarterback for the foreseeable future. That's correct. There were a lot of AOC, ain't no kind of chance in my live stream Sunday night. And I, and I went into it and I said, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to start for at least half the season, assuming he's healthy. Yes, they're not. They're not going to even consider a quarterback change until it's midseason, and it's and it's you know playoffs look basically out of reach. That's when you'll see a quarterback. That's when you see them consider a quarterback. Consider, change. right? Con- even consider because, as you said, they they put they put a lot of money into the Jimmy Garoppolo. It wasn't market setting money, but it was enough that you would think they're going to give him a longer rope to mm. to you know play himself out of that job. But if they do make a change, I don't want to see Brian Hoyer. I, I no. just, we know what Brian Hoyer is. We know we we've seen it for over a decade. He's not the future. We know that. If you're gonna make a quarterback switch, switch to the rookie in Aiden O'Connell. And it's not because he had a he lit it up in the preseason. It's because he's the guy on your roster in that quarterback room who has any upside. So you want to find out what you have in Aiden O'Connell. Because you're probably going to draft a quarterback the following year. So why not find out what you have in the guy you went up to draft in the fourth round? But again, I don't think that switch is going to happen until midseason because of the money they invested in Jimmy G. Right. 
Mo, you talked about uh, Garoppolo owning a lot of this, including what happened um, with that offensive line and, and understanding, you know, talking about not only turning the ball over, but sort of how he was distributing the ball. We saw a lot of focus on Devontae Adams, 172 yards. Who would have, if, if you came down from space and somebody said the Raiders and, 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 and Devontae Adams had 172 yards, you would never think that they played so poorly or had such a bad game offensively because they got him the ball. Great. Um, but you saw his comments after the game. But you look at this, and what, what was perplexing to me again, Mo, and, and I think it's Garoppolo, but I also think there's some, there's some coaching involved here, which is this team offensively, when it's running the offense, you don't see anything in the middle. Remember when we talked to Jose and he talked about Jimmy Garoppolo living in the middle of the field? Where is that? Like, there's no, there's, you saw the one target to Michael Mayer, the interception, which was thrown completely behind him. But outside of that, what are you seeing? I'm not seeing anything in between the numbers. I'm seeing a lot of stuff outside. I saw a couple passes there. Of course, we saw a Hunter Renfro in the game a lot more. Of course, he wasn't targeted very much. To me, uh, there's a little bit of a disconnect between what they do in this system and what Jimmy Garoppolo is out there doing. Is it because Garoppolo's freelancing and he's not taking what's in front of him? Or are they calling different things for Jimmy Garoppolo because he's not he's not grasping? I don't know. It's it's very confusing to me on what's happening as they call this offense. Well you got to remember their best wide receiver in Devontae Adams lines up mostly on on the outside. Right. So a lot of targets are going to go outside. But no, you're correct. They're not the Raiders are well. Josh Downs isn't calling plays that suit Jimmy Garoppolo's strong suit. I, you know, I've watched a lot of 49er games because they're on national TV a lot. He loves the middle of the field. We talked about that during the offseason. Tight ends and slot receivers are his thing in the middle of the field. But mm. Hunter Renfro still only two targets that last game. Michael Mayer, other than that two point conversion, was a ghost. Austin Hooper, you know, he's on a mill carton right now. <laughs> the Raiders haven't just the Raiders haven't well. Josh Downs just hasn't design a game plan that suits what Jimmy G does best. And those short intermediate throws in the middle field are what he does. And I understand you got Devontae Adams on the outside. You got to give him plenty of targets, but you're not going to win a game on Devontae Adams having close to 200 yards. You saw that last night. I think defenses are willing to let Devontae Adams go off, but they're not going to let any other receivers, maybe Jacoby Myers will have his catches, but they're not going to, as long as they, as long as opponents stifle the Raiders run game and uh, don't allow those secondary tertiary receivers go off they can allow Devontae Adams to go off 150 yards because the offense then as I said becomes predictable and over time you he's Devontae Adams is going to get his numbers but over time it's not a sustainable offense to rely right. on basically one player and, and a few select plays from Jacoby Myers here and there it's just not enough you have to get your other weapons involved and they have to use the middle of the field because Teams are now be are able to scheme a lot easier for the Raiders' offense, and this is why you're not seeing them score a lot of points. Again, they haven't scored more than 18 points in a football game yet. And I yeah. said this on the live stream. I said this on this show. I've tweeted this on X. Until the Raiders get the run game going, they're not going to score many points. I know Josh Jacobs had a couple of good runs, but at that point, the Steelers had backed off. They were playing the nickel defense. They were playing nickel. The Steelers yeah. at that time, they were allowing all the underneath stuff. They were allowing all the runs at that point. When the Steelers yeah. had their regular defense on the field and they were playing, you know, how they play normally, the, the Raiders couldn't get anything going on the ground. It wasn't until late in the game. And and I, and we'll get to this, the decision again. But to me, the Raiders had some 
momentum at the end of the game, and then Josh McDaniels just kind of pissed it away, kicking that field goal. And not only that, but I mean, you look at the Raiders again, to your point about 18 points because of the two-point conversion. Again, they score early, seven minutes in the first quarter, of course, the big 32-yard pass to Devontae Adams for the touchdown, and then nothing until five minutes left in the game when they scored the touchdown uh, from Garoppolo to Adams again and and the two-point conversion. So you had the second and third quarter going into the half, coming out of the half, nothing. And and that's difficult too. Now, the game was within reach because the Steelers' offense just isn't very good. Remember, Kenny Pickett, to start the game, went one for five. His one pass was a 72-yard touchdown, the one he completed. So... There's, there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of blame to go around here for sure, Mo, as we look at this and we look at the offense. But 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 to me, I, w- I was talking a lot about it last week. I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, but everybody came out of the Bills loss blaming the defense with good reason. Defense has issues, but it's complimentary football. Your offense can't stay on the field. Your offense can't score points with a defense that's rebuilding. You know the defense has problems, so you have to score. That's why the team was built the way it was. That's why they went out and got a veteran quarterback, and they're just not getting it done. So to me, that is a huge concern for this team moving forward. What they're going to do with Jimmy Garoppolo, nothing. So I know you're angry out there, Raider Nation, but it's not going to change for a while. As Mo said, if they get to midseason and, and, and they have two wins, and mathematically they're done, then okay, you might start to see a little Aiden O'Connell peppered in there. But even then, I'm not so sure. Uh, you got a lot of money on the line here, and sometimes the politics of the NFL, so you don't have egg on your face, which they seemingly already do, by the way, then that could force their hand, and we'll see what happens. And and remember, this is the guy the coach wanted. This is the guy they wanted to bring in to replace a longtime quarterback who had been there. So we'll see how it runs up the pole. Go ahead. Where are the people? Remember when we um, broke down the Jimmy G signing during the offseason? And I said, Jimmy G is not going to look like what he looked like in San Francisco because he doesn't have the same supporting cast. Yeah. Where are all the people that told me, oh, Mo, but he's a winner. Jimmy G is a winner. <laughs> and, uh, you know, like I'm not I know I was going back and forth with the people who wanted to shoehorn Derek Carr in a discussion. I wasn't trying to have that discussion. Right. But at the same time, I'm not a Jimmy G defender either. If you remember, you can play back the tape. I did not want the Raiders to sign Jimmy G. Mm-hmm. I preferred Baker Mayfield. I said right. it on X. I prefer the Raiders had signed Baker Mayfield over Jimmy G because I know what Jimmy G was a very limited quarterback that can only take you. But so far, and we haven't seen him without a good defense and a run game. And the Raiders have neither of those things right now. So, of course, Jimmy G looks awful. (laughs) Yeah, without the run game, uh, they're in a lot of trouble. Okay, we're going to take our our final break here on Silver and Black today, the Tuesday edition. When we come back, we're going to get a little bit into the defense. Patrick Graham. Did we see anything? Uh, we'll answer that question when we come back. This is Silver and Black today in Aussie Original Podcast. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back. Final segment, the home stretch here on Silver and Black today in Aussie Original Podcast. Mo Moten, Scott Branson are with you, <clears throat> trying to get you through the rest of this week after another Raiders loss. Of course, 23 to 18. They lose the Pittsburgh Steelers in ugly fashion at home. What a terrible way to open your season. But Mo, everybody's a little bit down. So I want to ask you this question on a positive note. Give me one positive of the from the Raiders' defense on Sunday night. Other than Max Crosby, Nahab <laughs> showed up. Yes, Nahab's a pretty good bounce back. He had a rough day against the Bills. He played pretty well. 
uh, Devon Diablo, I continue to say that he's he's going to be a pretty good starting linebacker. Um, he, he had his helmet in everything, man. He was all over the field on Sunday night. I was pumped up to watch him because he did. He showed an effort and and the ability. Like you said, he's he's kind of hit that that apex point where he's growing and you could start to see it on the field. I thought I thought he played well. You mentioned Nate Hobbs. I also thought Ja'Cory and Bennett. He had a couple plays. He's a rookie though, right? So you know rookie penalty, all that kind of stuff. But overall, I think you saw why Ja'Cory and Bennett uh, was a good pick for this team as well. I think for now, the Raiders have three. Well, they have, I think, one foundational guy, Max Crosby, and they have Nate Hobbs and Devon Diablo who could develop into foundational guys. I wouldn't call them foundational guys yet. Let's wait till the end of the season before we crown them. Yeah. But they have three guys who they can depend on in most weeks to make plays right now. The problem is the game is played with 11 men on the field, and three is just not nearly enough. Yeah, unless you're Notre Dame and you play with 10. But that's a different story for a different day. Um, <laughs> let's start in with this because, you know, I thought to start the game, we saw a little bit. Now, enough? No. But a little bit of improvement up front. We saw some penetration. Jenkins was blowing some people up early. But it was never enough to get home on a consistent basis. To re- Look, Pickett was, was there for the taking. He gets very nervous. You saw it in the game when he did get pressured. It was pretty bad. They just could not consistently get it. You see this now happening each week. And so I'm wondering, too, again, we're not here to do job watch, but I'm not seeing enough improvement on that defense, Mo, to think anything is going to change. These guys aren't going to suddenly wake up, have a bowl of Wheaties, and be all pros. <laughs> so so you, you now have a massive problem on the offense, which they're going to have to deal with. It starts with the quarterback. Now on defense, you're just, to me, I'm not seeing week to week. I know it's only three weeks, but I'm not seeing enough week to week improvement to say, okay, this defense might start to get its rhythm, might start to improve a little bit. That's got to be a massive concern. I mean, did the, did they call the number of the person lining up opposite Max Crosby once? You know, where's, where was Malcolm Coons and Tyree Wilson that entire game? My guy is Isaac Rochelle made a play. Had a tackle for loss that game. Yep. Early in the game, I thought it was a good sign to see Bilal Nichols get into the backfield. We talked about Bilal Nichols a lot. He had a tackle for loss early in that game. I'm like, okay, this is a good sign. And by the way, the Steelers only averaged 3.4 yards per carry, so it's not like the Steelers ran all over the Raiders' defense. The problem I go back to in this case was the offense. To me, I know a lot of people want to say mm-hmm. fire Patrick Graham, and it was an egregious call to try to stop them on third and two when they flooded the right side of the formation and allowed Allen Robbins to be wide open to convert to basically seal the game. I know the Raiders had another possession after that, but that basically sealed the game. Horrible play call and design on that one. But to me, the story coming out of it is I'm more upset about the offense. Again, yes. you, you're not going to win a football game, even against a mediocre, bad offensive team, with three turnovers from your quarterback who's supposed to be one of the more efficient guys in the league. And I just I, – I just – I, I played back the Jimmy Garoppolo, and I hate that I'm going back to this, but I played back the Jimmy Garoppolo interceptions, and I still don't understand what he was seeing. Yes. On either on either of the first the first two, like I get the last one was out of desperation, but the first two interceptions, I don't understand from Jimmy Garoppolo's point what he's doing. I immediately yelled out after his first two interceptions, Jimmy, what are you doing? What are you doing? And I just I don't I don't understand if that's the Jimmy G that the Raiders are gonna get for the remainder of the season. He, again, he's going to play himself out of the job because the one thing coaches will say, if you turn the ball over, you're not going to see the field. Well, and and then he wasn't available after the game, correct? 
Because of the concussion protocol. Which, again, I he didn't leave the game with concussion protocol. He didn't get hit at the end of the game. I don't know what happened. It, it'll be very interesting to hear from, from the coach uh, what happened because I, I don't get it. Um, so, so they didn't get to ask questions of Jimmy Garoppolo, who had a lot of questions. And now if he's hurt, I mean, God bless him. I mean, you don't want a guy to come out if he's hurt. So, so I understand that. I want to make that caveat. But you got to also answer for what happened. He will, obviously, this week. Later, there'll be media availability, and we'll have to go back and ask those questions. Can we talk about the field goal decision? Because I, oh, I feel yeah. like... No, I was that, saving that for last, my friend. Okay. Because that that had a lot of discussion in my live stream, and a lot yeah. of people had different opinions on it. My guy, Alex Monfredo, over at uh, Raider Ramble. Raider Ramble. Uh, uh, Josh McDaniel. So we'll get into that. But I think I absolutely think it was the wrong decision. Yeah, because to me, you're you're you had you had a little bit of momentum going there at the towards the end of the game, right? So you're driving down. There's only there's only two minutes and twenty five seconds left. Now you had a couple timeouts. I get that, but all Pittsburgh has to do is get a couple first downs. So you're telling me, Josh McDaniels, you're telling me that you have more faith in your defense at that point in the game, at that point in the game than you do in your offensive unit led by the veteran quarterback, Super Bowl quarterback. You played in the Super Bowl that you went out and signed. I I I don't I don't get it. Let, let's break down the specifics here, right? So the Raiders are down <laughs> the Raiders are down eight. Right? They're down eight points at the time. They have about two timeouts. Right. So they it's fourth and four to eight yards away from the goal line. They can go for it and try to tie it up after a touchdown you go for two or you can you know kick the field goals what Josh McDaniels did the issue my my biggest issue with this whole thing is Josh McDaniels answer in the post game he said we needed multiple possessions but yeah Josh you needed multiple possessions because you kicked the field goal yeah you only needed one possession you only needed one good possession now I want to go back to week one what did we see in week one Jimmy Garoppolo made a mistake through a, a terrible red zone deception what did he do? He came back, led the team down on a scoring drive. So Jimmy G has that in him where he can, he can, he can, after a mistake, he can have amnesia, forget about that mistake, go down and lead a pretty good drive. Josh McDaniels didn't give him that opportunity. Now I get the Raiders offense has struggled for most of the game. And on a drive before and on two drives before that, they had a turnover on downs, I believe, if you remember, in Pittsburgh territory. But as you said, if you're a person who believes in game momentum, and I do, the Raiders had momentum at that point. They Let's did. remember on the two drives before, the Steelers had two consecutive three and outs. So even if you don't convert on that fourth down, what are the chances that the Steelers are gonna are gonna go down the field and and even get in field goal range? Again, they had gone back to back drives three and out, and they're in clock running mode. They're not in aggressive mode at that point. If they're down, if they're up eight, they're just looking to milk the clock and get out of there with a W. Right. So even if even if you don't convert on that fourth down, it's still a one possession game for your offense. And as like I and as you said, it's it's wild to me that he showed more faith in his defense to get a stop, and his defense hasn't been that good all year versus his offense. That's again fifth most in cap dollars this year. You're spending the fifth most in cap dollars, and you're kicking field goals and taking your offense off the field. You had the momentum. The Steelers are I don't want to say reeling at that point. No, but they're they on were, their heels because they're on their heels. They're making they're. They're giving up the underneath stuff. They're making boneheaded penalties. A lot of the flags are going in the Raiders' favor. You have the momentum at that point. Strike while it's hot. He goes out there and kicks the field goal and puts his defense in a spot where you got to make a stop now. And, of course, they did. They weren't able to do it even when they got the ball back. 
Right. Ridic- Absolutely. It's just, ridic- just ridiculous. And it is. It, it goes back to the term I used last year when there were things like this happening, which is coaching malpractice. How do you say it's multiple possessions? It was one possession. And, and to your point about if you don't get the fourth down, it's like a good punt because you're deep in their own zone. Then you get the field goal, and then you got to kick the ball off, and you give the Steelers better position to run the clock out. Right, and and that's the other point that I forgot to mention. Even if you don't make it, the Steelers, again, would be at their own eight-yard line. Right. So it's not like they're going to drive down the field 72 yards. Their their most explosive play happened early in the game in the first quarter with, with, with Kenny Pickett throwing deep. Yeah. You know, to, to I believe it was a Calvin Austin. Calvin Austin. You know, so yeah. so the Steelers hadn't done that much for you to be afraid of their offense to that point. And as I said, when, when you're knocking at this is a good defense. Let's remember the Steelers defense is a pretty good unit. You're at their eight yard line. What are the chances you're gonna get that close again? Right. So to me, you just had to strike there. And for for I I would understand a decision if the Raiders had spent a whole lot of money in their defense. But they spent a whole lot of money in their offense, and he doesn't trust their offense. Well, and not only that, Mo, but you you have, to your point, can Garoppolo lead a team back like we saw in Denver? Yes. But do I want Jimmy – and look, do I want Jimmy Garoppolo – let's say the, you kick the field goal, you, get the, you hold him on defense, and you got the ball inside your own 20. Do I think he can go 80 yards in 45 seconds a minute in the game? No. He's not that kind of quarterback. He's just not. I'm not saying he can't matriculate down the field – and get the ball down there. But to your point, the odds of that happening are far greater than trying to take the fourth down on the eight-yard line of Pittsburgh. It just, it, it, it's hard. I, I have no answers. When fans want to say fire the guy, look, I don't call for people's jobs. But I'm telling you, there's no good answer to say why that decision was made. The answer he gave us is not acceptable in my view. Scott, regardless of what happened, whether they kicked the field goal or didn't convert, they would still need a touchdown. Now, a touchdown with that field goal would have won the game. Yeah. But at, at that point, you, you're going to need to score a touchdown anyway, right? right. It's a one-possession game either way. I, I, Josh McDaniels has me yelling at 9.45 a.m. on a Monday morning. <laughs> this, this is the first time in, in history on this show because when I, I, when I saw that, I'm like, you spent this much on your offense. You bring in your quarterback. To, to kick a field goal yeah, with a one-possession game. I I know what he said after the game, and that made it to me. If he had a good explanation, I'd be like, all right, okay, I get it. Yeah, You know, if he had a good explanation, I'd, I'd, okay, I understand that point of view. But he got up there and actually said we needed multiple possessions. Last time I checked, the touchdown plus the two-point conversion is eight points as one possession. Right. Now, to all win right, the game, yes. <laughs> if you get the touchdown, you tie it up, and then, yeah, you need another possession – but you take one step at a time. You kick the field goal, you're still down by five, and you don't get the ball back, you're done, which is what happened. So it, it's it's perplexing, man. I don't I don't get it. And and we'll have to see how this reverberates through Raider Nation uh the rest of the week. And we are gonna be back, of course, to talk about it on Thursday. I have a feeling we might have some silver and black blitzes this week, too, from you and I about some of the situation, especially the offense. Something's gotta give, man. I know it's only three weeks. And I know we talk about teams not showing who they are till around Thanksgiving, but it's hard because there's nothing, there's nothing really positive you can say when the guy you went out and signed to run your offense isn't doing the job, when your offense overall looks lethargic and your defense isn't showing improvement. Jimmy Garoppolo has more interceptions than touchdowns. This yeah. is the this is the efficient 
winner, Jimmy Garoppolo, that everyone talked about in offseason. More interceptions and touchdowns right now. And he looks skittish when there's pressure around him. Because, again, on, on that first interception, T.J. Watt was coming around the corner. And look, he, he just threw it up. I, yeah. I don't know what to say. I don't know what you're going to change. Because, as we said, they're not making a quarterback switch anytime soon. No. The only switch I could see happening is they, is they scramble the offensive line. That's the only thing that could really happen at this point. But, but you know, one more week, like you said, this game, and we'll get into the game on our next show, but when you start to look at the Chargers and the amount of points they put up, and yes, the coach is, is nuts and the coach is terrible. Brandon Staley <laughs> tried to lose it again for him again. But it's, it's a high-powered offense. You saw what Justin Herbert did. I know Raider fans think he's overrated, but he's not. And uh, so that defense, and you're going to have to score with them. You have to score with them. Guess what? 18 points. You score 18 points against the Chargers, they're going to have 35. So um, something's got to give this week, and they're going to have to figure it out fast, or it's going to go downhill very, very fast. If the Raiders don't score, if the Raiders don't get into the 20 against the Chargers defense, because by the way, they're 28th in defensive scoring, and they're giving up the second most yards. If the Raiders don't get into the 20s in this upcoming game, some something has to change. Josh McDaniels, his play calling, maybe he gives it to Mick Lombardi. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. sure a lot of fans say that's not going to help, but you're going to have to change something because the offense. It remind. I hate to go back to last year, but it reminds me of last year when the offense didn't really get going until a month into the season. Now the reason was because, as I said early in the show, they didn't get Josh Jacobs going until October. Right. Until the Raiders get the run game going to help out Jimmy G, <laughs> who is a who is a high profile game manager in my opinion gonna look like this it is terrible all right mo well we're gonna we're gonna turn the page on this one and uh we will come back on thursday and talk about what else is happening in raider nation all right so make sure you subscribe to the podcast make sure you follow mo by the way on on the x.com m-o-e-m-o-t-o-n i'm at lv gully the show is snb today mo i know you got some lives coming up it should be interesting i think i'm gonna jump in on yours it's uh tomorrow night right wednesday (laughs) Yes, Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time. We're going to finally turn the page on another stinky Raiders performance and focus <laughs> on the charges and see what they can do to get back on the right track and get the 500. All right, there you go. Make sure you follow the show on X.com as well, SNB Today. Again, auto auto download the show each time. Just go wherever you get your audio, search for Silver and Black Today, subscribe and do that for us. We would appreciate it. Want to thank our producer, Mike Rabier, and of course, my co-host, Momotin. I'm Scott Branson. We will talk to you next time, Raider Nation. Take care.